Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. We're the fellas. Welcome to episode 80. You didn't think we were going to do one this week, did you? We made it. (laughs) And the kids decided to sit this one out. Yeah, this is kind of a boring topic for them. Yeah, they don't care. (laughs) They just use us for our cool views. (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about slow travel in the context of RV adventures. We're going to discuss how you can incorporate the principles of slow travel into your RV adventures to create deeper connections with the places you go and the people you meet. Like, I feel that a lot. Mm-hmm. So we'll dive into that a little bit more, but that's that's one thing that I think we have the benefit of is if we like a spot, but we didn't plan on staying there, we can actually change plans and stay there. And we've done that so many different times. And, you know, we got to know the area or the state itself better. So we're going to get into this and I'm jumping ahead right now. But one thing I think is really cool about the way we travel is that we really get to know a place. And what I mean by that is somebody can say to us, have you been to so-and-so? And we can say, yeah, you can do this, this, and like, we can just start describing everything to do in the area. We can talk about the roads, the, you know, like turn right at the light and see whatever, you know, like we can, we almost like know it like well enough. Like we almost live there, which we kind of (laughs) did. Yeah. We've been to places that I feel like even in the two weeks of being in whatever, let's say Alamogordo, New Mexico, by the end of the two weeks, I knew where everything was like, I didn't need GPS or anything like that. I, if I had to run somewhere, I knew where it was mm-hmm. and I met, I talked to people and, you know, the visitor center and just meet people all over the place. So I never knew where we were. I always need GPS. But you don't, you got lost in our hometown. <laughs> yeah. I also needed GPS in the hometown that I lived in for 30 years. Okay. Before we jump into everything, we want to make sure you have the show notes. If you need them for this episode, you can find them at thefailas.com slash 80. We also want to make sure you know Explore More Threads has launched. We're so excited. Uh, The website actually went through. The emails were not going out at first, but I think I have emailed everybody uh, (laughs) that ordered something. I think I've emailed you all, but I'm still going through there just to make sure I didn't miss anyone. But I'm very excited that it's going smoothly so far. (laughs) Other than that, if you're not currently getting our updates when we're launching different products, coupons, things like that, you can get those emails at exploremorethreads.com slash email. And you can sign up there. Perfect. I will say we did like a test run on, on some of the shirts and stuff that were our favorites or that we had more input in designing like me. I ordered a shirt that we kind of created together. And then like I added some extra input at the end, like color changes and stuff. So (laughs) that's normally not your thing. No, it's normally not my thing. So yeah, I got that shirt and I really like it. It fits well and it's comfortable. So 
I'm excited. The girls each got their shirt that they created as well. They really like it. Yeah. Kylie had the dinosaur one. It's like off, what is it, off Rotosaurus or something? Yep, yep. <laughs> off Rotosaurus Rex, uh, which is really cute. I think you should check that one out. That one's going to be a popular one with kids, I think. And then Lexi's is Find Us in the Mountains or Find Me in the Mountains. Yep. She really likes that one as well. All right, let's get into the podcast. Let's talk about what is slow travel and what it means to us. Slow travel is about taking a step back and immersing yourself completely in the places that you visit. For example, like when we went to Yellowstone, that area, we didn't just go to West Yellowstone and have our week vacation and, you know, had this itinerary planned out where we were like, stressed and we were like flying through the days and we could only do specific things you know what i mean so yeah we spent six weeks in Yellowstone. yeah it was like a more <laughs> laid back like we kind of we did plan it out but we planned it out strategically like okay today we're gonna we went into the same gate seven times in a week but we had specific goals like we're gonna go explore we're gonna go spend as much time as we can up in the Norris Geyser Basin or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just more of a laid back, relaxed kind of thing to me. Yeah, it's like trading the hustle and bustle of traditional travel, moving around really quickly, flying into certain areas. A better example would be Disney. Like yeah. if you don't live in Florida, you plan a Disney vacation, like you fly to Disney. So if you have a week your one day shot for travel the first day and hotel and all that crap. Then you have like, you have to like fly through all the other things to cram all the Disney experience in to, to get all the magic. And then like your last day, you know, and then even between there, you might have to be, you might have kids that are like overwhelmed <laughs> and they have to have like a day off or a half or a day men. off or whatever. <laughs> or dads. Yeah, so the main goal here is to be more intentional. You don't have to, I mean, as we go through the list here and as we start diving in, you're going to miss some things. Uh, however, you're going you're gonna to have better memories. You're going to connect better, and it's going to be just like an overall more meaningful experience. Yep. Instead of, okay, at 1230, we have to have lunch, but we only have 16 minutes to l Eat lunch before our next fast pass. Yeah. <laughs> that is a fun example because when we lived in a house, uh, we went to Disney and we had one week there. Actually, three passes, I think, or maybe four. I don't know. Actually, I think we had three um, park days and then one party day. Like it was during Christmas time. Yeah. So we went to the park four days, but three of them were the days that we could do everything. And that was a totally different experience than when we went the second time, which is when we had a annual pass and we decided we were going to stay in that area for multiple months. Of course, that didn't go as planned because COVID happened and you can listen to all those podcasts. I think we have three of them, actually. Mm -hmm. You can listen to all those that are in the beginning. I'll link them in the show notes. Uh, but though that was a much more relaxed time. We'd go after dinner for like, one thing we'd go to see like just the fireworks yep. or we'd go for we got a really good fast pass for yep. something so we'd go do that 
Like it was a, a much more relaxed experience. So that's a good example that you mentioned, Disney, because there's two different examples right there. One when we had to vacation there, and then one when we actually got to spend more time there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember the first trip being like a schedule to the T, We and we didn't rent a car or anything, so we relied on, well, we stayed at the resort, so we had like Disney transportation. So that was like a whole thing that you had to pay attention to. You couldn't just come and go as you please without, you know, Yeah, we were still pretty that. relaxed. Like we had plans, but we... We didn't plan every detail just because we had little kids, so we didn't know how it was going to work. So the first time we went, we still were a little bit more relaxed than the normal person. And actually, that's a good segue because this, what we're talking about, it can be a type of travel for people living in an RV, like the living the RV lifestyle, but it can also be for people traveling and just vacationing. Yeah, if you want to like get that mindset. Yeah, before it's really you, a mindset. Yep. Bef- before you actually make the plans or while you're planning it. The big reason why we do slow travel is because when we move faster, it's, number one, harder for us to work. Number two, it's harder for us to do homeschool. Mm-hmm. We don't eat as good because we're eating, like, fast food or... You know, we try to plan meals with leftovers and stuff. It doesn't always work out. Or if we're, if we do school and do work during the day and we want to drive for a couple hours afterwards, it's like, do we want to get all the stuff out to mm-hmm. make dinner? That's going to take an hour, we'll say. And then we're going to drive, but then we're going to get there at like after dark and nobody wants to deal with that. So we just like, okay, let's go to Panera Bread or, something, <laughs> you know, whatever, McDonald's or something. Yeah, and then as far as work and school goes, especially when we're only staying one week or, you know, a few days at a location, that's almost impossible to do school. And I do work, but it's really hard there, too. It's going to be better now with our adjustments that we have with my desktop area. It is really hard to get all of the work stuff out, you know, my computer and all of that set up. For school, you know, they have... They have quite a bit of schooling that they do (laughs) each day. And so that's like a a struggle too, you know, especially if it's a drive day in the middle of the work week or something. So Yeah, because when Lexi and I, her and I have to do most of her school together, where Kylie does a lot of more independent stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get into a groove when you know you're not set there for a minute. You know, mm-hmm. and they have different things they do each day. So, you know, like if we're moving on a Thursday or a Friday, then then it just throws off the entire schedule and it really messes everything yeah. up. So moving fast is not convenient for us at all. So that is the main reason why we decided to slow down. And then we naturally kind of fit into this, this idea or this yeah. philosophy. So let's get into the benefits of it. A huge benefit to especially full-time RV travel is the flexibility and the freedom you get from it. So when you live in an RV or you're full-timing or even part-timing, whatever, snowboarding, you have that, that flexibility to move at your own pace. So this is a good example. We went to Idaho. We were supposed to spend a week there and then kind of scoot over into the Teton area. Yep. We ended up loving Idaho. We decided to drive all the way through Idaho and go into Glacier first. So we completely changed our plans, but we went from spending one week in Idaho to like six weeks, six or seven weeks in Idaho. 
Yeah, and that was a like our first taste of Idaho and our first taste of greenery from the previous winter. So it was like, okay, I'm liking this. And we're, we, oh, another thing is we, um, in, I don't know, it was like a little travel guide or something we got from Idaho from like one of the, like the little kiosk things. And there was a map, like a full size page, full page map of Idaho, like a topographical map and had all kinds of like things on it. And as we started looking at it, we're like, okay, we need to check this out. We need to check this out. Yeah. So, you know, that just kind of snowballed into, instead of cutting through the southeast corner of Idaho, going to Tetons and Yellowstone and stuff, we actually backtracked a little and did a huge, basically clockwise around the whole state, all the way to the top. So really what that means is that you can stay longer in one location, especially if you live in an RV and you travel RV, you can really do that as much as you want. But if you're just traveling and vacationing, you can do that as well. Just make sure you don't add a lot of plans to it. Yeah. Make it more flexible. and It helps you appreciate the area a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And the, the more time you spend there, the more you appreciate it, the deeper you can explore the area. Which is our second benefit. Yep. The benefit for us, we have our RV, and so our home, and then we have our Jeep. We can really explore, get off the beaten path, get out of the touristy areas, mm-hmm. and really soak in the area, and I, I that's one of my favorite parts. Yep. Sometimes just like taking that Jeep trail up the mountain and looking out over the touristy area is really fun. Like, yep. for example, we've done that in Jerome area. Yep. We've done it in Vegas. Did it in Wyoming where we were staying at the um, the wild horse area in the BLM. We were staying way up on the, it was like White Mountains or something. And then we drove over to the cliff and you could see all the whole area down below. And that was really cool. Another benefit is sustainability. The big thing here is, especially for full-time RVers, it's really hard to move constantly. There's There's a huge difference when we are, say, wintering in... Arizona, even though we stay at, you know, uh, Cottonwood is five hours away from Yuma in the RV. That's still not that big of a deal if we only do it once or twice in a winter versus this past spring or last fall when we were trying to like beeline from North Dakota to Arizona. And we did that in like a week. Yeah, we spend a lot more money in gas. Yeah, you just drive and drive and drive, and that adds up super quick. The next benefit, quality over quantity. Yeah, that means traveling slower, focusing more on the quality of your visit and the, you know, the, the value of the area versus, you know, getting in that vacation, like. Doing it all. Doing it all, yep. (laughs) And even when you're vacationing, this is something to maybe start changing your mindset up a little bit about it, especially if you have kids. They don't need to see it all. They don't need to do it all. And sometimes it's so much better if you just focus on just a few big things or a few very cool things. I don't know. that. Yeah, you can find, you know, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to give an example because there's, every kid's so different. But for our kids, uh, we're going we're planning a family vacation to Utah. There's, we'll say Arches National Park. There's 
Dinosaur National Monument. Actually, I think that's Colorado, but either way. No, I think it's Utah. Well, right on the border anyways. So, or something like that. They're going to probably want to do the dinosaur stuff more than they're going to want to do like Arches National Park, especially not living the RV life and not experiencing those kinds of things already. They're going to be like, okay, yeah, dinosaur fossils, sign me up. Mm-hmm. So then you can kind of plan around that. You can do like some big things like that. I mean, that's kind of how I th- think about it. Another good example is when you buy your little kid a gift and they love the box more yeah. than the, the toy itself. And also like when we sold our house, we got rid of all their toys. They had rooms full of toys. It took me days to get rid of it, not sell it. Actually, we donated almost everything. Yep. We had bags and bags and bags of toys. And they barely played with any of them. That's why it took me so long. Because when we were going through it, I'm like, this has never been played with. Or <laughs> this is like brand new. Yeah. Um, and it was super frustrating. Now they have very little stuff, but they have more fun. They play more and they experience more with it. I mean, they go like deep into storylines with their dinosaurs yeah. and their toys. It's just, and that works the same way with experiences as well. Yeah, you we, don't need like, to, yeah they Instead of having, you know, playing in their room with their dinosaur toys, they were in Idaho. They were out in the field taking, setting them up and taking pictures of them, you know. Yeah, in like the mountains too in Nevada. Yeah. (laughs) So they were kind of incorporating their environment into their Mm playtime. So just take that into account when you're planning vacations or if you're a full-time RVer. Uh, you know, you don't have to do everything in an area. That's why it's really good to get a book and on each page in the book, like a bullet journal, put a state. And so you have a spread for each state. Write it right now. Write the whole book out, all 50 states. We actually have, we just added all the regions in Canada as well. So uh, that's really cool. But what, what this does is it helps with the whole like, not wanting to miss anything yeah, (laughs) because you're putting it in your book. You'll do it the next time you're in the area. So we have like a certain, like let's say Oklahoma, for example, Oklahoma, we've done a few things there, but a lot of times it ends up being the state that we're driving through to get somewhere pretty quick. So we can't spend a lot of time there. So we actually have a page for Oklahoma with all the things we want to do. And we just know that, you know, we can do maybe one or two of those things when we're driving through the state. Yep. Um, but we know we're going to be coming back. And when we do, we have this page with all these things that we want to do. We're not going to forget anything. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know if you're like me, but it makes you like feel better to know that it's somewhere. You're not going to forget about it. And the next time you're there, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, and when we're actually traveling more, not just sitting in one spot, um, we're constantly looking at that book. And I, I, I love maps, so I'm always like, if I look at something, even if it's something we added four years ago and we haven't got to do yet, I'll look at them like, well, okay, what was this? and Or where was this? And I'll look it up on Google Maps and just kind of get an idea and say, compare it with our route and say, you know what, next time we go through there, we can kind of incorporate that into where we're going. Yep, Exactly. All right, the next benefit, reduce stress. This is a big one. I know vacations, and I know you've been on them, and you get home, and you're like, I need a vacation. Yeah. 
from my vacation. Always. <laughs> and this works the same with the RV lifestyle. Like when we are pushing to get somewhere. So for example, when we went from Big Bend to Michigan in how far? T- two weeks? 12 days, I think. Okay. So when we went from Big Bend to Michigan in 12 days... That's extreme for us. I know for you, like if you don't live in an RV and travel, 12 days to get, you know, that's not a big deal. Some people drive from Michigan to Texas in two days. Yeah. <laughs> but Straight for us, through, yeah. that's like, that's like a, a couple months that we would have done that if we were really taking our time and exploring. And it's just so much more stressful when you're rushing. You know, you, number one, you are stressed because you're not doing any fun things. You feel like you're just pushing through. Same thing with vacationing. You know, you're like, like you said earlier, Tony, that, you know, you, you have 10 minutes to eat dinner. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's not fun at all. So when you have a more relaxed agenda set up, it just makes it much easier. Yeah. Which... With a more enjoyable, relaxed experience, you have more meaningful memories. Yeah, when you spend more time in, at each place, you're more likely to create more meaningful memories. Like, I think that's what I just said, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you just do a little exercise here and you think back to some of the fun things you've done in your life... Those really, really crazy vacations that were one week long and you were pushing, maybe even driving one of those days or flying one of those days, there's probably less of those memories than when you were a kid hanging out with family or cousins or something like that. I'm just giving an example. But, you know, like I still remember when I was nine years old going up to Higgins Lake in Michigan with friends and swimming and getting completely burned and my skin peel, you know, like I remember the whole thing. But then like, if we think about that Disney vacation, we were just talking about the one that we, when we lived in the house and went there for a week, I remember stuff, but it, like, I barely remember. They're, they're more like snapshots. Yes, exactly. I mean, it was fun. I remember the kids were amazing and the kids like did not sleep at all the entire time they were there. And I, well, they slept, oh, they slept in the stroller. Yeah, they slept in the stroller, but they didn't throw fits at all. Like I remember that, but I don't remember a lot of the stuff. Now I do because we've been back there. So yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, the princess does this or the castle does this. But when we went back to Disney, there was a lot of stuff that I was like brand new seeing. Yeah. Stuff that we just walked by because we were... In a rush to do the other thing. Mm-hmm. So I think when you spend more time in an area with less distractions, you just make better memories. And I guarantee you, your kids are going to enjoy those times better as well. Yeah, I agree. And we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but another benefit, it's just cheaper. <laughs> you're not buying gas. You're not uh, buying snacks, groceries. You can get like at a real grocery store, you know, you can fill up on more groceries Yeah, you're probably eating less fast food if you're not driving every day. When you are vacationing, you could get like an Airbnb, not a hotel. Yep. And you get like monthly rates or weekly rates, whatever your vacation is. All right, so let's say you're sold on the slow travel idea. What are some tips on planning for slow travel? Most of these are going to be... RV lifestyle, just so you know, or living in an RV and traveling. Yeah, like a full-time RVer or 
most time our year. Because that's our life. So most of these tips are going to be based on that, but you might be able to like change them up or form them to fit your needs. The first one is choose the right RV and set up for slow travel. And the big example I have here is there is a difference between setting up a fifth wheel in a, in a class A and a van. Yeah. Okay. A fifth wheel, class A, the trailer, the camper trailers, all of those are for a little bit longer stays. You know, you have to put your jacks down, you put your slides out. It's a little bit more of an experience. <laughs> yeah. So on the other side of that spectrum is a van. If you are trying to do slow travel, but you have van life, that's going to be a little bit harder to do because your van is your vehicle. So it just makes it a little bit harder to set up in one area and slow things down. Yeah. When you do van life, you kind of move a little faster. And I'm not saying everyone does. Some people, you know, stay in one area and then just drive into town to get their stuff or whatever. But van life is definitely more situated to faster travel, I yep. think. And by faster travel, I mean couple days in each spot, and then you move to the next one. If you look online and you look at the YouTubers and you find the van life people, more than likely they are moving through states a lot quicker than, say, us. Yeah, or just, you know, just air, finding new spots way more frequent. Mm-hmm. And that's because they find a spot for the night. They do their, you know, fun life or whatever, you know, cooking out, whatever they got to do. And then the next day they get back in their their van and they yep. go explore. I'm not saying that lifestyle is not a good lifestyle. It's still fun. They still get to do all the exploring that we do, um, but they're taking their home with them. And yep. then, then they find a new place to stay that night. It's not very common. They go back to the same spot. Yep. And we've seen it many, many times where we're in an area boondocking or whatever, you know, there's a, there's a van parked nearby. They took, they take off for the day. Somebody else comes in there Later that evening, you see the van, that same van coming through and unable to find a good spot, you know, or the same spot. So that's kind of the downfall. Unless, you, unless you're comfortable with putting stuff out and leaving it out exposed and, you know, easy pickings for somebody. Yeah. So that's so what I wouldn't be comfortable with. I wouldn't want to set my rug out and set up my Blackstone and my camping chairs and whatever else, and then take off. You know, that just, to me, that doesn't, it doesn't entice me at all. The type of RV and its setup can greatly influence the type of experience you have, if yep. it's slow travel or faster. Other things to consider are comfort, storage, functionality, stuff like that. If you are thinking slower travel, um, then you want things like, camping chairs. Yeah. Maybe you want the more luxury camping chairs like us, you know, that are really big. Yep. <laughs> and not just like a camp stove, but like a, a real grill or a blackstone or something like that. You know, something that you set up and leave up more than likely. Yeah. You just need more room for more things Yeah, because you're spending more time in those areas. Yep. If you want it to feel like home for the most part, you're going to have more stuff. That's where larger RV might provide more comfort for longer stays while, you know, the smaller ones are more mobile. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say you can't do the opposite. I'm just, we're just saying in general, yep. 
Uh, if you're thinking about doing slow travel in the RV lifestyle, you're going to want to have something that fits your family for longer stays. Yeah. Where some, I think a lot of people think of it like, um, well, if I'm, if I were to get an RV and travel, you know, I'd want like, all I need is a bed and a toilet mm-hmm. until, but like three weeks later, you're like, man, I wish I had a living room. Yeah. Cause it's like pouring or, rain or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> If I could do it over again, I would still do something. I would probably get one with more space than I actually needed, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. The other thing to think about is hobbies. You know, if you are staying longer in one area, that means you really have time to explore that area. You may want to go fishing. You yeah. want maybe want to go bike riding, like BMXing or whatever, uh, you know, whatever your hobbies are um, in that area. Yep. And you have time to just do regular hobbies like crafting or <laughs> what is that? Crocheting. I obviously don't have these hobbies, but um, so you want room for all that stuff as well. Next, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but quality over quantity. So when you're planning for slow travel, you want to make sure you're picking destinations that are good for that. Yeah. So for example, um, you don't want to pick an area that has nothing to do. No offense, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> no. They have I mean, the world's largest truck stop. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. In in their defense, we haven't really explored Iowa much. I think we've only spent two or three days there total. Um, and that was basically a drive through. But I will say, even in our like travel book, Iowa doesn't really have Too a much. lot of uh, <laughs> points of interest that we've inclu- added yet. So Yeah. I mean, it's still like, so when you're, when you're planning, you still want to, you know, hit all those spots eventually if you're planning on hitting all your states. But those areas could be the quicker travel states if you have to. Yeah. But when you're planning for like vacation or you're planning for your lifestyle, just make sure that you're picking an area that that has a lot to do. And that doesn't mean that it has to be a tourist trap or yep, a big exactly. city. In fact, we hate big cities. We actually try to stay out of big cities as much as possible. Um, for example, Arizona the biggest cities you think of, Phoenix. I don't think we've ever... Have we even been to Phoenix? Yeah, yeah. We stayed in Phoenix for a week or two. Oh, is that where we did our solar? Yeah. Okay, we stayed outside of Phoenix. But we... But, well, it was Mesa. But yeah. <laughs> the whole reason for that and what... It was convenience factor because we were working on our RV. We did do some exploring while we were there. We went up in like the superstition area. But we were technically outside of Phoenix. Yes, we were. So... <laughs> My point stands. <laughs> We've never stayed in Phoenix, Arizona. We yeah. have been to Phoenix. We did explore Phoenix oh, a little bit. Oh, we did stay in Vegas. So, yep. so, but I'm talking Arizona. When you think Arizona, we have stayed all over the state of Arizona. We've stayed, what, eight months maybe total in, over the two years or maybe longer. I think we've stayed there at least uh, almost a couple hundred days total. Yeah. So we have stayed a long time in Arizona and never even stayed in the main main cities. Yep. Um, so it is totally possible to do a lot of fun things in areas across this country and not be in a tourist trap. Uh, but make sure it has more than just nothing. Okay. Unless you like nothing. Yeah, unless that's There's your goal. There's a lot of places that you can do nothing, <laughs> even in scenic, pretty places. Okay. So when you're actually planning your route, number one, you want to allow for flexibility. The big thing here is what we like to do is we like to, when we're planning out our year, 
we plan the big ticket items. So if there is something that we have to do at a certain date, we plan those because they have to be done in certain dates. But we make sure to leave gaps for all the fun stuff and to live life the way we like to. Yep. So we have our big items plastered throughout the year. And usually we don't like, we don't stack those things either. No. So if you're thinking like our list, like let's say we're doing a year. If you, if we were to plan like our big ticket items, there might be two things yeah, or three things for the entire year of things we have to do. I mean, like date wise. Yep. Now there are a lot of things that we plan that we want to do. Um, and we try to fit them somewhere on our route, but it could easily be changed. So there's a lot of things we want to do that may not get done. And if that's the case, then we put it in our book and do it later. But if it's like a must thing we have to do that year at a certain date, those get planned in. Yeah. A good example of that is summer of 2022. We knew for sure July 1st was puppy day. We had to be to St. Marie's, Idaho, July 1st. And we were in Florida that winter. So we just kind of went through and we picked a handful of things that we wanted to see and do in between there. And we weren't really rushed. As a matter of fact, there was a small stress moment of uh, one of our reservations was about to end because I think we were there for, we'll say, 10 days or two weeks in Alabama. Uh, I failed to plan anything in between there and <laughs> Idaho. So we're like, okay, now we we scrambled a little bit because east of the Mississippi, there's not a whole lot of free camping like there is out west. As it's not as abundant. So we figured that out and we just kind of like made our way. We ended up in Colorado and we stayed there longer than we had originally planned. You know, so other than that little moment of like, uh oh, where are we going to stay tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It all worked out and we didn't rush. And it was better because we yeah. ended up doing something we didn't plan on doing. Yep. Most of the time, we, we always know where we're going to stay yep. like a few months out. We at least know the area. And it's not a stressful, that's not stressful at all to us. I think we've had like maybe two times that we're like, oh no, what are we going to do? Yep. But that didn't last long. We've always had somewhere to stay. The other example of that would be um, the year before that, or in 2020, when we had tickets to go to the fireworks at Mount Rushmore. You know, that was something we had planned. There was a date we had to be there. So um, we just made sure that we kind of planned out the big ticket items and then left room in between. Yep. And that's the big thing as well. You want to make sure that you leave a lot of room for spontaneous detours, things like that to do. Because as you're traveling around the country and falling in love with certain areas, you're going to want to spend more time in those areas. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The next tip is to live like a local. This is going to help you with um, cost as well. Don't do all the touristy things. When you're getting gas, ask the guy next to you like some things to do, and they'll tell you some fun things to do that are not always the touristy things to do. I will say like all over this country, we've come across so many fun, free things to do Mm -hmm. that are kind of like low key or off the radar things like just some of the parks, like city parks or, you know, county parks or something like that. They're amazing. They're beautiful. And there's, like, for our kids, they have, some of them have, like, these giant playgrounds that are, mm-hmm. like, state-of-the-art. 
<laughs> that, you know. The other good thing, that's too. something that we try to look for here and there. And it's yeah. just something that you can just spend an hour or two relaxing and the kids are playing and whatever, getting their fix. And the other good thing about that, too, is that when you um, are doing the free things or, like, the off-the-beaten-path things, there's less people, which is always good, too. And yep. <laughs> not doing the touristy things. Yep. Which also is a good tip. Plan for the off-season. So when you live in an RV and you can go wherever you want, whenever you want, it kind of works out pretty good for the most part, um, except except for Florida, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> in Florida, you're in the, the on-season, kind of. I mean, it's kind of cold, so it's... It's off season, I guess. People like go to Florida in July and June and maybe not July, maybe June. And I mean, normally we're gone by then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's People busy. still go there in the summer for the beaches and stuff, you know, but. Yeah. Um, they don't really go in the winter, though, because it's cold. Like the, Yeah, you don't go to swimming in the, in the winter. Because yeah, it's cold in Although Florida. we did. We went to Fort Lauderdale and went swimming in Christmas yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, true. It's it still Flo- cold. Florida is busier. Florida is not the best example of this, but um, you know you can easily plan for the off season with most most areas around the country. Yep. When it gets tough is when you get into some of the national parks out west. That elevation and you know s- partial closure closures or full closures because of snow or weather or whatever. So that that can offer some challenges. But other but, than that. But you can do off-season and not be winter. Like, for example, um, I think they stopped doing the passes in what, October? Where, Glacier? Well, pretty much all of them. I think all of them start, oh, yeah. like, requ- like the registration passes. Yeah. I think stop in October, but yet it's not going to really get cold till November. So you still have, you still have, like, a whole month that you can be yeah. in off-season. And I guess that's what they when you hear the term shoulder season a lot is it's that like kind of like in in between your peak times and your not fun to visit times. Another fun thing to do when you are planning your trip is to read books, watch movies set in the destination that you're going. Yeah. So for example, tombstone. Yep. Tombstone, which I've always been a fan of it and, Way back years ago, I never imagined even visiting Tombstone, mm-hmm. but we got to the point where we were getting close enough, and I'm like super pumped about it. So we all watched <laughs> the movie, and then we went there, and then while we were there, we got to watch the movie about ten more times because <laughs> everybody plays it. <laughs> yeah, or books in the area; those are always fun. I know um, when we were going to the Mount Rushmore area, the girls read a book yep. about Mount Rushmore. He has like a kid's mystery book Yeah, in Mount Rushmore. So it's always fun to add that in. It just makes while you're visiting the area a little cool because you are like, oh, remember that in the movie or remember that in the book? You know, you can like see see things that yep. you that you actually saw. Another tip is to embrace local experiences and engage with the community. This is actually a really big one, I think. Yeah, and Harvest Host has been huge for that. Mm-hmm. Because of their, um, your exposure to local wineries and breweries and that kind of thing. Farms. Farms, yep. You're yep. actually staying at someone's house and like getting right into the community. <laughs> and I will say like you can read Harvest Host reviews all day long and there's like 
5,000 good ones and three bad ones. And mm -hmm. usually two of the three bad ones were like some, something stupid that wasn't even related to that. Like, you know, I got a flat tire on the way there, but you know, they just <laughs> felt the need to complain about that. I've, we've always had great experiences with Harvest Host. And, and Boondockers Welcome. And Boondockers Welcome. Yep. Mm -hmm. But the, with the Harvest Host, you do get that like farms and, and, uh, you know, the animals and stuff like we in South Carolina at Heard It Here. We'll always remember that looking out our window at after it got dark and there's a, there was a horse, there was a mini horse and there was a mini donkey right outside. And, you know, we just happened to have some apples and some carrots and the, the owners of the farm like encouraged you to feed them. Yeah. So we were just standing out there at our RV getting ready to go to bed, but we were feeding all these cool animals. Yeah, I fed them out my window. Yeah. <laughs> it's <was> crazy. <laughs> I think we figured it out because we it was like itching itself on our RV or something. Uh, no, it was the, the oh, person. Oh, the neighbors, yeah. There was like an Airstream or something parked right in front of us. And uh, yeah, one of the horses was itching its body against the thing. <laughs> the whole RV's the like. The whole there. RV's rocking. <laughs> Too funny. Yep, attending local events, shopping at local markets, farmers markets, dining at local places. I mean, those, all those things just help you remember the area. So when you when you are talking to somebody later on and you're like, oh my gosh, that they're like, have you ever been to whatever? You're like, oh my gosh, you know the the Mexican restaurant right there on the corner of blank and blank is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of saying, you know, like the tourist trap place that they're talking about. And a lot of times it's people telling us that, you know, mm -hmm. like locals at wherever. And um, because when you pull into a gas station and I'm filling up and I got the Jeep in tow and we have our logo on the thing, almost every single time somebody mentions something, they'll, they'll ask, you know, have you been here? Have you been there? Well, if you're going to stay in town, you should check this out. It's always very helpful, and we've got some good places, and sometimes it's just like the little teeny hole in the walls that are the best. Yeah, everyone loves to talk about their home. Yep. Another thing is like learning about the traditions of a certain area or the, you know, the special- What they're known for. Known for or specialty foods for a certain area. When we first went full-time, we were, we were in Texas, and uh, we had this breakfast food introduced to us called a kolache. It was like a breakfast kolache with sausage and it was like a pastry. Never had anything like it in my whole life living in Michigan and they were so good. And I'm I'll, craving one right now yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the only place I've ever found them is in Texas, southern mm -hmm. Texas. So that's a good thing. And then like Mardi Gras and you know the New Orleans or Nolens <laughs> uh stuff you know there's so many events that they put on annually there and like a good one is we went to the rock and new year's eve celebration in new orleans mm -hmm. super kid friendly there was a ton of people it was a ton of fun you know we felt perfectly fine safe being there and that's something i would i would do again for sure or if you're in michigan you can get some fago they go pop, yeah. Yep. Or Kogels. Kogel meats, yeah. That's <laughs> some of some of the best hot dogs out there. So right. It's really cool when you can find something like that. And not to mention Fago here is like seventy nine cents a bottle for red pop. It's so good. <laughs> 
So it just adds to the experience. It's another memory. Your kids will tell you about it two years from now. <laughs> yeah. And those are the kind of memories you want to make when you're on the road. And it's, you know, as an adult, you might think it's kind of just a silly thing, but to them, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that is a wrap for this episode. I'm just going to encourage you to try it. Try it on your next vacation. If you are a full-timer and you're currently moving pretty fast, try slowing down a little bit, staying in one area, picking somewhere off the beaten path, and just staying for like two weeks in that area, especially especially if you're a full-time RVer because you are not on a schedule to you know go everywhere. So try some of the smaller smaller towns. Yeah, and to add on to that, um, maybe you don't, Maybe you travel faster because you're not equipped to travel slower. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we go somewhere and we can boondock in one place for two weeks in a national forest or something like that, it's because over time we've accumulated these, this gear and skills and stuff to actually be able to conserve water for a week or 10 days and be able to, you know, empty our tanks with a portable tote versus moving the RV, which we used to do a lot. You know, we'd, when we first started out, we'd have to move our RV for f- every four days to go dump and get water. And we did it a, still. That was a huge pain in the butt. But we did it. It was in Utah, yeah. and we stayed somewhere and did it, yeah. Yep. Yeah, over the course of two weeks, we moved the RV like three times. <laughs> so <laughs> It wasn't the most convenient, but we still liked that experience. Yep. So, But, you know, as you... As you get better and more efficient and, you know, over, it, it, we didn't get all the stuff at once. It just kind of, we just kind of got one piece at a time mm-hmm. that made it possible. Now we can pretty much stay wherever we want for as long as we want. Maybe not as long. <laughs> I as mean, long we as could, possible. We technically could. You're right. We technically could, but we'd be uh, probably pretty grimy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people out there with less that <laughs> look like they've stayed there for a lot longer than we would. I would say when we boondock for a long time, our house isn't as clean as it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Things are starting to get dirtier. So a lot, it, of, lot more dust. Usually. Yeah, a lot more dust because we're in the desert or whatever. Uh, it is nice to get to a campground so we can clean that all out. But still, yeah, I see your point. I see what you're trying to say. Yep. Uh, boondocking does make slow travel a lot easier and a lot prettier. Especially if you're in a cool spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I could stay in Glacier for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I could stay in Yellowstone area for months if yeah. I had to. It's just so cool. Any part of Yellowstone except for Cook City maybe. Well, no, we could stay there. I'd rather not. Why? That's grizzly country. Oh, you're scared. <laughs> I'm like, it's gorgeous up there. What are you talking about? You're just scared. I like to stay where I can leave my grill out. (laughs) All right, cool. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this podcast. Again, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can find them at thefailas.com slash 80. Also, please go check out our shop, exploremorethreads.com. And you can see all of our latest merch. Yep. Yeah, and sometime soon we'll have some... uh, pictures to update our progress on the rv oh yes i'm very excited about that it's looking amazing we're sitting right now in uh 80 percent 
Yeah, uh, this area, yeah. <laughs> 70% finished area. Of course, the back hasn't been done at all yet, but this room is getting getting very, very close. I'm yep. excited. All right, I think that's good. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. We're going to discuss how you can incorporate. We're going to... We're going to... Di- Freya. Shh. Uno momento. Hello? <laughs> Tony, I thought I heard Kristen voice answer. Uh, we are uh, podcasting right now. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Listen, yeah, so thanks. Um, take me off this podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. bye. <laughs> thanks. Take me off this podcast, please. <laughs> You could put that like, in there. Like I'm a I'm a lit. We're a telemarketer list. <laughs> you called me Brenda. Slash seventy nine. Mm, Just kidding. Mm, shoulder season. Mm. Shoulder season. So like if you if you go to you, just take that out. Just take all that out. Okay. Because I'm getting total side traffic there. Oh. Oh. Put this at the beginning of the podcast.